Hello, and welcome to the 300th episode of Stasis Pod, the Transformers podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. This is Iacon Underground Stasis Pod episode. We, we have many titles and Twitter accounts. <laughs> Well, see, Icon Underground is like when we do other podcasts, well, yeah, too. It's, it's, it falls the, under that whole umbrella. Yes, of which there are more than 300, so... Yes, this, this I, the, I should have counted up exactly how many, but... This is the, the first... This is the 300th episode of The Mothership, as it were. Yes. Yeah, well, there, there are some other middle... Like, when we were doing Beast Wars, I didn't want to have, like, extra numbers in there. I wanted one straight run from the beginning of Beast Wars to the end of Beast Machines. Mm-hmm. I also felt that way. Was it four, five in between season episodes in there? Yes, four. Yeah. So this is actually three hundred and four of Stasis Pod, mm-hmm. not counting the bonus episodes we had to put in because of we were busy or whatever the fuck happened. Mm-hmm. Shit came up. Plus uh, all the Patreon episodes, which is we're up to sixty now. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's a lot. And mm-hmm. how many? Like twenty. I think we're up to 20 of uh, Dino Xenon oh, yeah. and Goodman stuff. Uh, I think 22, because, well, 21, and then pretty, for, for this coming month, we're going to be recording, I know it's episode 10 of Dino Xenon. So we're actually 300. Math. 60, 70. But it's officially, it's, it's like if you have a comic series... And it's numbered, and you don't yeah. count the not, annuals. Not like, or yeah, the got, plus one episodes, or you, the zero. You got episode. some a- annuals, you got some like point one issues in there. The yeah. special weird issue that Jim Mafood did for some reason. <laughs> the, the secret invasion tie-ins uh, that yes. are their own miniseries. Yeah, you, you can ignore those that- ones because uh, in those episodes I was replaced with a scroll. Why did that Generation X comic even exist? <laughs> Is Jim Mafood just like, hey, I want to do a Generation X comic, and they're like, okay. He, he, he's actually like a huge fan of Sync. That would not surprise me. Anyway, for this, uh, for us reaching the triple hundreds, we're do we're uh, we're doing a bit of a triple takeover. Three, three, three. three. That's right. Oh, three. Uh, I mean, it would be more appropriate if there were three triple changers, but there are not uh, because the well, they're. Not in this episode. No, Octane wouldn't be released until the next year, so he's not in this episode. And then he only really, like, shows up just to defect anyway. Yes. I don't know. He gets a story arc for some reason. <laughs> yeah. That was aired out of order. There's so much. <laughs> he got to be so important, and it's just Octane. Yeah, this this is an episode of Transformers Generation One. It first aired November nineteenth, nineteen eighty five. I was less than two months old. Uh, I was target audience, and I don't want to count. <laughs> I would have been seven in a couple months. So okay. yeah, I was I was right there in the target audience. Oh yeah, I I I didn't bother to look because uh, I I forgot to look for many things before this episode. Have we done a G one episode before as a filler? Well, we did. Uh, we did the rebirth. Oh, right. And oh, I want to say we did something else. Well, we keep threatening to do five faces of darkness. We do keep threatening to do five yeah. faces of darkness. I feel we've done something else, but nothing is springing to mind. 
I mean, we did some Japanese G1. No, we definitely, we definitely yeah, done that. And obviously we did the movie, which was broken into five episodes of the cartoon. <laughs> yes. But like only two little... episodes of the Patreon. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like it would have been free uh, if we'd uh, also added in uh, uh, Tommy Kennedy intros to our yes, podcast. The, the framing device. <laughs> That's the words I was We're just a kid who's talking to like a giant puppet optimist uh, in the Barren Wasteland of Butter podcast. <laughs> Man, we should have recorded a framing device for when we did those two separate episodes. If you want to do video editing and put this on YouTube, sure, you do that. Uh, I know. No. Audio editing uh, but, but this was written by Larry Strauss, who is an interesting guy. Okay. For one thing, he is television royalty, sort of. Uh, did you ever watch the show The Facts of Life? Yeah, sort of. The eighties, so kind of. It, it was on. I don't remember much because, well, the like the like uh, the the matron of that, uh, or like the the head lady uh, played by Charlotte Ray. Uh, that's his mother. Uh huh. Oh. And then his father was a uh, was a TV composer, uh, probably best known for the theme song to Car Fifty Four. Where are you? <laughs> Which. Is a thi- one of those things I know exists, but I don't think I ever saw it, even when it was on Nick at Night. I definitely saw it someone. There's a hold up in the Bronx. Brooklyn's broken out in fights. There's a traffic jam in Harlem that's backed up to Jackson Heights. There's a <laughs> scout troop scout short a child. Khrushchev's do it idle wild. Car 54, where are you? Yeah, I, I that song does not really ring a bell. I don't okay. think I ever saw it. I just knew that Herman Munster was on it. Yes, he was, and uh, and Grandpa Munster, uh, oh. Al Lewis, and Charlotte Ray was on it. I think playing mm. Al Lewis's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Larry had a fairly brief uh, TV writing career. He's now like a novelist and a teacher, but uh, he has a fantastic quote about the time he spent uh, writing for Transformers. Yes. Oh. Uh, he says, "I gave writing, I gave uh, writing for TV up after a few years when I told the producer Transformers, the show about cars that turned into robots, that we had been tagged the third most violent children's television program, and the producer said he would not be satisfied until we were number one." <laughs> <laughs> you got some pretty big, uh, pretty big competition going on there by then too. Yeah, oh, you had GI Joe, He Man. Yeah, Emin wasn't really that violent. I mean, there was a lot of punching. I, I, mean, I guess a lot yeah, of punching, punching, and it was very camera. traumatic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, there was probably like, no, some, like some wrestling. Emin punching Skeletor in the face. He was punching the camera. And oh, I guess she didn't have like truly weird horror stuff, like Inhumanoids, until a couple years later. Yeah. Uh, this episode pretty violent, to be honest. Yes, it's, he was trying. I mean, yeah, it, it's it, it, it's there. If this was the comics, the Autobots in this would be dead. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is a very much, we're clearing the toy shelves issue. I mean, you would you know, absolutely have, like, an an issue or two later, like, ratchet bemoaning that they may never <laughs> walk, that they may never be active again. Yes. Transformers, 
and actually this kind of has another thing that was more prevalent in the comics and the cartoon, which is, you know, factions of Decepticons fighting each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the cartoon, in the cartoon, obviously you had Starscream constantly plotting to overthrow Megatron and never succeeding. But at least you got like a full on Decepticon civil war. The cartoon tended to need, I don't know if it was just the, the medium or the editorial people or what, but it definitely cared more about maintaining a status quo than the comic did. Yes. Comic had a lot more Decepticon infighting and this you get, except in the comic, the Decepticon infighting tended to be between like vaguely competent Decepticons. Yes. Mostly? Like the Autobots were the incompetent side. Hi, Grimlock. The, yeah, this is this is a real battle of the boneheads. Yeah, yeah. It it sort of reminds me of like the thing with Guardians of the Galaxy, especially the first movie. Is there are things that happen that are like pl- plot points driven by characters making extremely bad decisions, but it works because the <laughs> characters are just like. That's who they are. It's believable that, that this character would make this extremely bad mistake. While uh, drunk. Yes, and this is sort of like that. It's like these characters. Okay, so <laughs> when I was watching this at one point, and this episode did get uh, cut up into Generation 2, and I was watching this episode at one point when I was in like high school, so in the 90s, it during Generation 2. And and my father, uh, who was a big Star Trek person and had been watching a lot of The Next Generation, and and he's, he's looking at this and he's like, so how come you've got Star Trek where you have the robots who don't have feelings, but they're very smart, and then you have this where the robots have feelings, but they're complete idiots. <laughs> well, that's how emotions work. <laughs> You can have, they're just, cause, cause everyone in this episode is just, I mean, I would say Megatron and Starscream aren't exceptionally dumb. They just, I mean, it's a perfectly good trap that's set for them by some extremely not bright. Yeah, well, Starscream is dumb, but it's his usual level of dumb. Yes. Yes. Megatron just got, gets stuck in a trap. Everyone else is kind of stupid, including the Autobots. It's, it starts out so weird. It's like Astrotrain, Blitzwing, and Starscream are like friends hanging out after yes. school. Mm-hmm. What? We're just having a cool time, just car- just using our lasers to blast a Mount Rushmore of our faces and also Megatron's face into a mountain. <laughs> sure. I think one of my favorite things about this episode as a whole is the complete and utter lack of any kind of human resistance to anything that's concert doing. Yeah. It's almost a city of steel level of just where even are the humans. Yes. I mean, except for, for the of, yeah. incidental humans. So uh so that is Astrotrain. What was was Astrotrain always this heavily was his voice always this heavily processed? Frequently, yeah. Okay. I mean, even if in, in like the movie, it was pretty. He was one of, for whatever reason, one of the more heavily processed characters. <laughs> Not quite yeah, on a, a sound wave level, but more than your average Autobot. Yeah, and of course, that is. Well, uh, it, oh. 
more often because like he's in space a lot of the time. This it's toned down, but not a lot. Yeah, uh, Ain voiced by the great Jack Angel, also uh, also Ultra Magnus in the third season, and uh, that weird alien preacher guy in uh, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Dearly beloved. beloved, yes. And uh, Blitzwing, voiced by Ed Gilbert, who was a an entomologist in his spare time, apparently. Oh, okay. Like you know his real name was like Ed Gilbert was. Yes, he, like his real name was like Edmund Giesbrecht or something, and he has a bunch of papers published under Edmund Giesbrecht. Oh, or, sorry, wow. Giesbert. And according to the wiki, at least, uh, Dan uh, Gilvazan relates an anecdote in his autobiography about how Gilbert once brought a dinner plate sized spider to a recording session, which escaped. <laughs> They could probably get a lot of good uh, stock screams out of that to use. Uh, <laughs> Listen, you know no. who else Ed Gilbert was? Uh, Metlar. Oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> and El Seed from the Tick. Anyway, if they, they should have just had Frank Welker imitate the mating noises of a giant spider so, that, so as to attract <laughs> it back into its jar. I mean, he could. Get him a garbage can. I'm sure he can make a bunch of spider noises. Also, he was apparently Baloo in Tailspin, which I did not realize. T I L Baloo from Tailspin was also Metlar from <laughs> So yeah, they 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 they've carved these faces, and they're like, oh, you know, one of these doesn't belong. It's Megatron, and so Starscream shoots him and gives him like a skull face. Yes. Yeah, it, it, they just keep blasting it more and more until it ends up like abstract painting. Yes. So then they. Uh, so you know, they, so they decide they're gonna they're gonna overthrow Megatron. So they're they're flying back, and Blitzwing and Astrain are loudly saying that you know obviously uh, they are gonna have to do it themselves because Starscream is to- constantly trying to betray Megatron, and he totally bones it every time. <laughs> and Starscream's all, "Oh yeah, well I'll show you." <laughs> And so, uh, so we, we cut to Starscream, who is leading Megatron into the into the sewers, where there is allegedly an Autobot power station. Just and like a city, I and they don't even like. I'm pretty sure they don't say what city this is. But oh no, it's, it's the city. Well, that never happened. To it's G1 heavy. Anyway. It's heavy '80s New York vibes. Yeah. I mean, I assume that since they don't specifically mention it's New York, it's just the city, like the Tick. <laughs> That's fair. Or if they're allegedly in Oregon, maybe this is Portland. But it's not... It would not be uh, out of... Unusual. It would not be out of character for G1 Season 2 episodes to just randomly take place in New York, because... No, although although usually when it's New York, they kind of New York it up a bit. Yeah, I mean, they definitely, in uh, Make Tracks, they make it very clear that this is New York in City of Steel. You've got the Empire State Building being what they stick Optimus Prime's disembodied yeah, they, arm onto. There's nothing no. quite, like, there's no Statue of Liberty or Sears Tower or anything obvious of what it is. No. And the buildings don't seem as tall as, like, New York City. So this they, could they, they, be a they, little they, more Portland. Well, I guess it probably isn't New York because I don't know that New- any of New York's colleges have a football team. <laughs> oh yeah, not no. Yeah, I think this college. is a college football team. Too. And there's a lot of there's highways with a lot of trees. Well, so I think yeah, even probably, in even in the eighties, I think the Giants and the Jets both played in New Jersey. Yes, they still do. 
So, oh, maybe it's like Trenton or some shit. <laughs> I mean, 80s cartoons also regularly did things like having the White House just sitting in the countryside. Well, this so. is true. Well, yes. Oh, now I'm having flashbacks to that Young Justice episode where there's, like, a nuclear power plant in the woods in <laughs> Arlington, Virginia. And I just, like, had a stroke just watching that episode. Oh, so it's like me watching the Johnny Quest episode where there are cliffs in the Pine Barrens. Yeah, yeah. Like, and the thing about it was, okay, the slight diversion here, the thing about it was that they were all worked up because if anything happened to this nuclear power plant, it was, like, right near Washington, D.C., and I'm like, yes, that is literally the reason why this is not a thing that actually exists. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, like, the first, like, three or four minutes of this episode go by so damn fast. It's like ten minutes of anything else. Well, it's interesting. I don't remember this is, it being this, this fast-paced. What, what makes it go by fast is there are no Autobots in this until seven minutes in. Hmm. <laughs> yes. And I don't think you see yeah, Optimus Prime until, like, 14 minutes in. I feel like you got this a little bit, and you know, you bring up the the Marvel G1 comic, uh, which I have been uh, tweeting about going through and reading again over on Twitter lately. Uh, But also, a lot of times, I remember, and I can't think of any specific ones, but it feels like there were G.I. Joe episodes that were just all about Cobra infighting. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of my favorite Visionaries episodes is all about the bad guys infighting. So it's it's a good bad guys in fighting episode. You yes. don't even see the Autobots for a while. Mm-hmm. So so they get into this uh, into what what is clearly a trap. The doors close behind them, and you, you know even before this, Megatron's all oh, I don't know about this Star Scream, but okay. <laughs> I don't know why the Autobots would have a secret power plant in the sewers of New York or whatever unnamed city this is, but okay Starscream if you say so. So so they start pumping in uh, absolute zero degree molecules. <laughs> sure. I do like that, that we do uh, in, in a moment when, uh, when they're confirming that this trap went off properly. They do say that it was basically that it was zero degrees Kelvin, but only by, you know, stating the temperature as what is equal to zero degrees Kelvin. Although they're but a yeah, little, they're a little off. The, well, okay. They say but 470, the it's 459. Ah. Well, see, it might have lowered by a couple degrees in the time <laughs> that it took it to... <laughs> I do want to know, like... it has just changed over the decades. It can't molecules, lower. It's absolute zero. Molecules of what, exactly? Well, yes. Of <laughs> absolute zero degrees. Temperature is not... No. Anyway, it's, it, starts, it starts freezing Megatron solid, and starts screams out, ha-ha, and now I'm going to go through my convenient escape hatch, and it, and it won't open. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's also... I like that when uh, Megatron's sort of, like, questioning Starscream about this, Starscream is like, well, if you're afraid, Megatron, and Megatron (laughs) basically does the Marty McFly. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody calls me Chicken Starscream. (laughs) 
So I, I appreciate that that Starscream goads him into it by suggesting that perhaps he is afraid. <laughs> yes. So now Astrotan and Blitzwing are question mark leaders of the Decepticons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's it's so weird. It's not like they they go back to the other Decepticons and say, "Oh yeah, um, the, the number one and number two in command are frozen dead, so we're in charge." No, they just wander off to the nearest city that they're already in. And it's like, okay, we're taking over train stations now. What? Why? Well, first off, oh, that's because he likes the train. Uh, are you ready for some football? <laughs> Yeah. Because yeah. all of my rowdy friends are here, by which I mean a guy who is a tank and a jet. <laughs> yes. Uh, he rolls into what he thinks is a battle simulation arena. In I tank mean... mode. Sure. <laughs> and then this football player is all, duh, uh, coach, it's a tank, what do I do? Give him the ball! So this there's, episode... There's this crusty old for... football coach... For all the characters are really not bright in it. It's got <laughs> no. a lot of really good lines. Oh yeah. So I really love it. It's like give them the ball. The football coach and I could double check this, but I'm not going to bother because I'm pretty sure it's just John Stevenson. It is a hundred percent John it Stevenson. It's extremely John Stevenson. <laughs> oh, doggy daddy. I mean, he was, like, 500 Hanna-Barbera characters. So hmm. much Hanna-Barbera stuff. And uh, also, uh, Professor X on Pride of the X-Men. Yes! Oh, which which we did. Yes. So, Blitzwing decides, well, you must be some sort of tactical genius, as I see you commanding these troops here. So you're now my second in command. <laughs> this random football coach. So and so we now cut cut to a train station, which uh, uh, which Astrotain takes over and declares it Astrotrain headquarters. These trains are way too nice for an American train station. Yeah, they're clearly like Japanese style trains. I well, it, it, I tried to sort of look up if they're based upon anything. They probably are, but I couldn't. Find uh, well. Well, also, I was sidetracked because I was trying to think. It's like, wait a minute, are these just trains from Galaxy Express 999? Because <laughs> they look a little overly futuristic. Uh, according to the wiki, which I'm almost 100% sure was added by our friend Robert Powers, uh, it looks like they are based on experimental streamliner diesels from the 30s. Wow. What? Well, like, the one has, like, a dome thingy on top. That is weird. I mean, I, well, yeah, well, I guess streamline the other metal, trying to be fancy, futuristic of the '30s, ends up looking like the '80s version of the future. <laughs> yeah, I I do want to note that the wiki does list this episode as officially uh, the animation studio being unknown, but it's yes. definitely got big Acom vibes. Although mm. uh, it is apparently not quite Acom. Mm-hmm. It uses some weird character models. Yeah, there, there's some odd animation errors that even I saw. I mean, there's one time when Thundercracker is just straight up Starscream, who is at that time in the episode frozen solid. <laughs> yeah, yes. it, and it's, it's I'm not even sure Thundercracker is in the episode. Yes, he is. He is okay. Because we I'm definitely hear John sure Stevenson doing the Thundercracker voice. 
Okay, because they're just, just the, the the Coneheads show up later, and then there's occasionally another Seeker or another Jet with them. Yeah, who is at one point colored like Astrotrain, at one point colored like Blitzwing. They really, yeah, I I, I noticed that. that was Blitzwing like, has a purple uh, head a bunch of the time. Oh, yeah, and occasionally it's, it's he's a mess. missing an ear muff. But, no. And of course, there's another character in here who is basically an animation error, but we'll get to that in a sec. Yeah. <laughs> I know. This is 2022, the year of skids. Yes. <laughs> so he, uh, he he takes these, these trains and declares them to be the Astro Force. <laughs> yes. Okay. Has auto. he been watching Galaxy Express? <laughs> or was he Astro watching Densha Otoko? <laughs> is he Astro Train Man? And, is yes. he going to ask someone out on a date and he's being helped by the other Decepticons on a message board? Astro Train Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's going to make them his intelligent drones by, like, just taking a computer and, like, shoving it into them? Yeah, sure. and to be fair, it uh, it works about as well as it should. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> that falls into the category of... of Bad decisions. That, yeah, that's that's about right. So, uh, Yo, all he all he basically upgrades them to is, is voice commanded radio control <laughs> trains that don't work particularly well and are kind of stupid <laughs> yeah. as much Very as their dumb. commander. So, uh, so so we cut back to uh, to Blitzwing and where we get a line that is kind of shockingly violent, even for eighties TV, yeah. where he uh, <laughs> he asks. Uh, he asks the coach, you want, he says, tells him to tell me what's on your mind or I'll splatter it on the wall and see for myself. Oh, yeah. yeah that- wow. That's another good line. We're just splattering but- brains here. It's the 80s, kids. Definitely. That is a 80s movie line. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's kind of like the Godfather, you know, either your money or your brains are going to be on this, or either your, na- either your signature or your name or your brains are going to be on this contract. <laughs> Uh, and, and so this this coach kind of can only offer like football jargon. So he's like zone defense. Well, he's being squeezed bumps. and shaken around and stuffed into his desk, which is actually a locker. Yes. I love when he tells him to go back to his desk and just shoves them in a locker. <laughs> <laughs> and so for zone defense, he has the constructicons who are apparently okay with all this. Just build like a giant. Yeah, high- they just happen to be in town. Ah, sure. I mean, there was it appeared there was some sort of agreement where they were going to share power that is immediately broken. Yeah, yeah that happens off Well, I, it's a union job. <laughs> They're mafia contracted <laughs> out. They they get designated breaks. Just give us control of the Decepticons when we're done. Yes, we'll do whatever you want. As long as, you, as long as we get our per diem. Yes. No questions asked. So they built like a highway maze, and then his next addition is uh, the long bomb. So he just starts firing bombs into the city. Also, when he has anything, like like when he shows up, and then whenever he does anything, he shoots at the scoreboard and gives himself extra yes. points, which is not how <laughs> yes. scoreboards work, but also or okay. how lasers work. Well, no. it works the first time, so he just because he wasn't trying to do it, he just shot shot the football at it. We got two points, and he just kept going with it, and it worked. And uh, and by the end of the episode, the final score is <clears throat> Visitor Zero, uh, Blitzwing 1569. <laughs> nice. <Yes. laughs> uh, 
Th- this Wait, did anything happen in the year 1569? I'm curious now. I mean, probably. Continue. Well, yes. Colonialism. <laughs> early colonialism. Uh, some British war crime. The, anyway, the, uh, if you haven't noticed by now, this episode is a hoot. <clears throat> yeah, it, in some ways this episode kind of feels like an animated episode. Yeah. Like just some of the crazy shit the yes. Decepticons are pulling. <laughs> I mean, it's extremely stupid, but uh, yes. it it's fully aware of how stupid it is. Actually, I, uh, Larry Strauss's episodes are mostly pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. He also did the first part of uh, The Ultimate Doom, which is a good three-parter. Uh, yes. Also the one in which the Decepticons are foiled by fire-retardant foam. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Blaster also, Blues. First, oh, the first thing I ever rented from a blockbuster. Ooh. On Betamax. Uh, Blaster Blues, which I remember being pretty good, and uh, The Revenge of Bruticus, which I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, uh, where was I? So, finally, the Autobots have realized that uh, some crazy shit is happening, and they should probably <laughs> do something about it. Someone actually called the Autobots. So, he blows up this bridge. Uh, Hoist is saving cars from... Uh, Toppling here. Unfortunately, Hoist has no lines in this, which is unfortunate because I always like his well, accent. Yeah, a lot of Autobots don't have lines in this. Uh, somebody does have a line, though. We'll get to that yes. in a sec. So the uh, <laughs> Prowl is leading in a group of uh, Autobots to help out. You got uh, you got Trax, who doesn't have any lines. You got Blue Streak, who doesn't have any lines, and shockingly, who does have a line? It's Skids. Yay! <laughs> Is, so, is this uh, his only appearance? He has two no. appearances, and he has a different voice actor in each one. And his okay. other one is way better. Uh, also, I know when they edited these, so they, they trimmed a little bit for G2, and I'm pretty sure they trimmed it also for uh, the, the Sci-Fi Channel morning airings. So I don't think that anybody actually got to hear Skid's second line until the the uh, DVD releases, and I maybe if this was on the VHS releases, because they actually trimmed out his one line from this. Oh, <laughs> so he didn't even have the one line. Yes, in. Uh, a previous episode, and now, of course, the the name is is. Uh, uh, Quest for Survival uh, is the other one. Yes, the one Quest for, robot for Survival. Plants. In which, uh, so Bumblebee is and Cosmos are coming back from like the the Galactic Seven Eleven uh, with <laughs> yeah. a giant sp- <laughs> with a giant spray bottle of robotic insecticide, and uh, and Optimus Prime is discussing this with them over Teletran One, and Skids is sitting there like getting repaired. He says robotic insecticide. And he's got that little bit of a like smarter, higher pitched, Britishy sort mm-hmm. of voice, which is not what this, this voice is different, and it's not as good. No, this is like Dan Gilvezan kind of doing like a New York accent. It's not as good. Yeah, that's Skids is just so like forgotten. <laughs> like it was. I loved the fact that when he showed up in in IDW and more than meets the eye, like part of his gimmick was memory problems, <laughs> because he was just always everyone just forgot about that he existed in G One. 
but uh, and and like I said, at one point they even just cut the second line <laughs> out of airings of it because it just wasn't like who was this guy. Uh, but yes, I'm very glad to see him here. Uh, he doesn't really appear with other vehicles enough to uh, have a lot of that Americans don't know what a Honda City Turbo is, uh, which I just, like this past week, uh, read issue 20, got to issue 20 of the, the Marvel G1, which is like his big story. And consistently in that, in the dialogue, he is referred to as a van. Well, he is technically a van. It's just a very mini minivan. He's like a vanette, would you call him? I don't know what... Yeah. They're tiny! Honda Cities are... Very tiny. Little bitty cars. Anyway, this this highway maze is frighteningly effective, and these Autobots are totally destroyed! Surprising. Well, well, because... Oh, who's it first that gets run over? Is it Blue Street? I think Blue Street should be better than this. Prowl should absolutely be better. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get the prowl. Blue streak like like gets ambushed by Blitzwing and like get, gets shot at as a plane and, and then run over as a tank. It's like okay, fine, you didn't stand a chance. Skids and Prowl just crash into each other <laughs> from on ramps. Like like the, the, this is a police caused accident. And then he just <laughs> runs over tracks. Yes, and like they are and destroyed. Blitzwing absolutely just like flattens Prowl and Skids after they run into each other, and it's, it's pretty bad. Yes, twenty twenty two is the year of Skids. And then Scrapper He's has got two uh, new toys. And two Scra- of them. And Scrapper makes a uh, a throne out of their corpses. <laughs> yes. Yeah, hey, they're doing a tech spec thing. Either that, or or they commissioned Slog to come in for one episode <laughs> off screen. I can see this being a writer who reads the text specs. Definitely. It, not, maybe not as much as Don Glute, who made extensive use of them. I think even including everybody's goofy weapons. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, um, Ironhide's goofy weapon is included later. Oh, that's true. I, think that's I mean, that was like a recurring one. thing. He was always the guy who had the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the rest of the Autobots have to come to the rescue. Um, Power Glide, who is... In a lot of these episodes, because the Autobots didn't have any other guys who could fly, and because uh, I assume this voice actor liked doing this Jackie Gleason impression. <laughs> yes, yeah. he does actually. Unlike Tracks, uh, he or Blue Streak, I guess. Yeah, Blue Streak. You gotta. I don't know. I don't know if uh, Casey Kasem was getting paid on a different scale than everybody else. <laughs> I can't imagine, uh, but, yeah. so just because he worked so much for Hanna-Barbera, and they can't have been paying much yeah. money yeah, for anything. But, but yeah, Trax doesn't get to say anything. Trax doesn't, doesn't have any lines. Hoist anything. doesn't have any lines. I don't think Smokescreen has any lines. No Michael McConaughey. Nope. No nope. Uh, Michael Bell. Nope. Power Glide gets to talk, though. Power Glide, yes. And but the flying guy gets to talk. We have to have him say things in his not a ton warthog alt mode. Which there's another toy that isn't drawn right. <laughs> and then uh, and then Trailbreaker has some lines. Yes. Yeah. I guess. Well, which I is guess... like that's kind of surprising because he doesn't normally. Wow! I just randomly, <laughs> as a brief aside, I just went down the the wiki hole. 
uh, Power Glide's voice actor, because I was wondering if it was like John Stevenson, where he's already someone else in the episode. So he's Michael Chain, and I definitely recommend Power Glide uh, is Michael Chain, and I definitely recommend looking at his picture on his page on the TF Wiki. If I remember correctly, wow. he has like an amazing fringed leather jacket. Yes! Oh! Yeah. Wow! He's he's like a late 80s like country and western band. Oh, and according to this page, he is the one who does Skids' voice in the other episode mm. that he's in. So he, he is the better Skids' voice. But, uh, wow. Yeah, he looks... <laughs> Oh, he is a musician, ha! He looks way cooler than anyone who plays Power Glide should look. You can't have that jacket and not be a musician. They won't sell it to you. Uh, They make you show them at least, like, a discography. Absolutely. Yeah, Trailbreaker is not someone who regularly gets lots of lines in development, so that's cool. I mean, he's there because they need a force field, but, you know. And and also, they already had his voice actor there because he's Frank Welker. Oh, uh, yeah, that's Which, a good I, which point I know too. because I've been watching uh, Spider Man and His Amazing Friends on Disney Plus, Ooh. and it's just, it's one octave off from Iceman, <laughs> who himself is basically just Freddy from Scooby Doo. Yes. Anyway, so, uh, so meanwhile, these trains, so anyway, Power Glide guides Hoist and Smokescreen through the maze. Uh, he makes Blitzwing and Scrapper crash into each other, and they rescue the Autobot throne. Oh, yeah, because Scrapper just finished the throne and was sitting on yes. it. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty comfortable. So, And Smokescreen notably comes in and throws up the Smokescreen. Yes. Yeah. Again, reading those, uh, reading those text specs. Yes. And meanwhile, Astro Train is sort of commanding his trains to, like, knock into, like, power lines... Gas, gas lines, lines yeah, fuel oh, there lines. Is, something. It's there is weird. one really good line there uh, as as the Autobots are coming in for the rescue, uh, which is one of the uh, and I you know as much as I go on about how like combiner individual members don't get enough attention, I absolutely cannot remember who is who of the Constructicons. Uh, but one of them asks how big this thing is, and the other says he can't tell. All the others are lost in it. Yes. <laughs> it what? Great. No, it's Scrapper and um, only one other one has a line. I think it's Mixmaster, maybe. Okay. Although I don't he's know. Not, he's not doing his weird vocal tick that he had in half the episodes he was in. Yeah. It's just, again, a lot of just really good little bits like that. Yes. Yes, Astro Force. So, you know, the Astro Force... Not it, very good. Yeah, they're trying to, you know, they, they bonk into some lines. But unfortunately, next they bonk, they knock into a water line. And a water line that apparently contains all of the water on Earth. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, and, and Astro Train also has the Coneheads and apparently Thundercracker, or somebody who might or may not be Thundercracker, with him just... They're just milling around, standing around... Watching these trains ram into yeah, the- so so you're the uh, you're the leader now, huh? This is uh, this is what you're uh, you're doing here, playing with your trains. Yeah, so <laughs> so things are so bad that the moron coneheads are there making fun of actors. Yes. yes. When you have Dirge and Ramjet picking on you, that's you're not <laughs> yeah. you're not doing well. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll show you. I'll show them I'm not a loser, and they immediately break an enormous <laughs> water line. Yes. 
And also, they've somehow tied themselves into knots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Despite and being trains. Trains somehow. And, and like the little engine they could that's either the smartest or the dumbest <laughs> ones of these ro- remote controlled trains is the one that rams into the pipe to burst the water main. Yeah, so it's that floods like the city's flooded like ten feet the high. The entire like. city's just inundated. It is water yes. world now. Yes. And uh and of course, uh just hanging around the city, I guess, having a nice day, are Optimus Prime Ironhide and uh, and our pal Spike Witwicky. Yes. Time for a human. Yes. The only human in this city, apparently, who isn't a football coach or in this train station. <laughs> yeah. Or a football player who immediately left town. Because this city just gets in and, you know, it's the deluge, and Spike gets washed <laughs> away, and, no, and they have to rescue him because there's nobody else in the streets. Well, yeah. thankfully there's no one else there. Like, Spike's the only one at risk of drowning. That's fair. I mean, maybe everybody else got to the emergency shelters once uh, Blitzwing started lobbing the long bomb. If they could get out, the, the highways are a maze. <laughs> <laughs> they can't leave town. Uh. They're trapped in a, a ring road that rings around itself. It, it's like a Celtic knot. Uh, well, thankfully, Trailbreaker is able to push back the water with the power of homosexuality. Yes. He, he, he does his force field face and shoots a rainbow at the water. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> I didn't remember his force field being a rainbow. I don't know if it was always a rainbow. I don't okay. think it usually was. It, it, listen, it was, it was Pride Week. Yeah. He was and, trying to be festive. So, yeah, this is just flooding everything. It's flooding the uh, this highway maze. It's flooding the uh, the, su- the trains. And it is flooding this trap, uh, which na- which contains Megatron and Starscream, and thaws them out. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, Starscream denies everything, and Megatron says, you know, you, you're either lying or you're stupid. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. Which is one of the best Megatron Starscream exchanges in all of Transformers. (laughs) Really? I love that line. It it sums up everything about the two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So... So Megatron starts with, you know, they're they're heading to Blitzwing. They run into Prime, and Prime's like, I don't know. I don't care about you, Megatron. I'm looking for the leader of the Decepticons. Oh makes, my god, Prime oh yes, is so the trash talk. He is mean. a catty bitch in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not looking for you, Megatron. I'm looking for the leader of the Decepticons. <laughs> And oh, it, 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 I assume that he did that to make Megatron extremely mad, and it really does. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Megatron's so bad. It, it makes him so mad that he brings his traitor to work day. <laughs> like, th- there's just like a two-frame animation error where, like, Megatron and Starscream are shooting at, at Prime as he runs away after taunting him. It just, like, Starscream just pops in front of Megatron where he's like half scale. <laughs> he wasn't behind but he's in front. It's like it's, it's a tiny little baby star screen. It's cute. Animation is hard. I know. There are layering <laughs> problems. It isn't as bad as like two Optimuses trying to stop the, the, the Washington Monument from falling over or whatever. Oh man, about. that was great. It's just a quick little flash but it's, it's like it's weird because I remember they're like coloring mistakes in G1 when I was a kid that I would notice. But this is one of those things that, like I didn't notice as a kid. It just goes by so fast. 
Or maybe it's just easier to see now that I can watch it digitally. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I, I would like to point CRT. out, I guess I watched it somewhat digitally. Because I decided that it was time to hook my DVD player up to the old CRT and watch it as it was meant to be watched. Uh, but I guess the the DVD itself was uh, was digital, so yeah, but that's it, fair. But if you want to watch it, uh, you it is up on Hasbro's YouTube channel. Yes, the Hasbro Pulse yes. channel thingy, which is was quicker. I was going to watch it on DVD, but DVD was like, no, I got to take notes quick. I, I don't want to sit on the floor and take notes. I'll just do it at my computer. So, so Megatron heads out to beat up Blitzwing, and Astrotrain has also gone there to fight Blitzwing, and also the Constructicons. Are all, hey, what about that whole thing where we were also going to be in charge? And then Blitzwing uh, instead tells them to go build a bridge and then jump off it. That's so good! Yes. That's such so a does this count as like a triple cross or a triple threat match? It, it, it gives, it's very confusing. Well, especially yeah. because the, the Constructicons then, I mean, as, as if Blitzwing has forgotten, oh yeah, the Constructicons turn into Devastator, which they do. <laughs> And he just mops the floor with everybody else. And then everybody fights. Yes. Uh, everybody was not kung fu fighting, but oh, it's, still fighting. It's, it's, like, we get a couple points where it starts, like, we have to band together to fight Devastator because he's bigger than all of us. It's, it's, like, somebody's always like, fuck no. Well, and, like, Megatron's like, I don't need your help. And, and, and the two triple changers are shooting at each other. And also Megatron takes Astrotrain and Blitzwing's heads and knocks them together like Mo. Oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> We don't get quite a, a metallic bonk when he does that. But. And also the, one, uh, of the, one of the Autobots, and I forget if it's Ironhide or, or someone else, asks if asks Prime if they're going to do something. And he says, I never get involved in domestic squabbles. Yes. Yeah, that was a weird one. And Ironhide's also, <laughs> I, I think we'll need a program to follow the players. <laughs> And also the uh, the cone heads are just hanging around, and they're placing bets on the outcome. Yes. Yeah, they're just flying over. It's like, well, we're not involved. We're stupid. <laughs> no, I think they're smart to not be yes. involved here. We're stupid. We're Smartest not that stupid. thing they've done in this whole season. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there, there's... There's a big fight, and somehow we, we cut away, and we do not actually see how Megatron beats Devastator. No. But but the, the end of the fight is everybody's on the ground except for Megatron. Yes. And, you know, he he decides that, you know, the the Decepticon cause is more important than vengeance. So, you know, we're we're I'm gonna let this one slide, but absolutely don't betray me again. Yeah, and I'm not about to murder nine of you. Yes, because then I'll be left with the cone heads and some insects. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's just gonna be the cone heads and like sound wave. Man, did they have? I can't. Rec- I think maybe they had uh, Menasaur at this point, and he just didn't bother to show up because he was busy. But maybe not. Uh, let me see. And then, and then I guess they had uh, the Insecticons. Yeah. Yeah, but the Insecticons are as much trouble as they're worth. Yeah. The Insecticons were always a little like the Dinobots in that they weren't entirely reliable and sometimes yeah. they just do their own thing, which is why Bumblebee and Cosmos had to go down to the Galactic 7-Eleven to pick up a giant. <laughs> it's it's literally just like a giant spray can. 
And no, this takes place several... This is several episodes before the key to Vector Sigma, so no Stunticons yet. Okay. And oh, what, somebody calls Megatron a mosquito? Is it Prime yes. at one point? Oh, he's he, so he, he cruel co- to him in this yes. episode. It's great. Which just made me think Megatron that turns into a mosquito would be a good robot. If we <laughs> what, you mean... Um, I don't know. We already had Transkeeto from Beast Wars. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, the Decepticons fly off because they can all fly sometimes. Including Devastator yep. all combined together. Yeah. And smaller than he usually is. Ooh, or he's just further uh, away. Uh, it, it, it's distant enough. It's not that much of a problem. we got to wrap this episode up. Come on. I don't remember Devastator on his own ever flying before. The Constructicons <laughs> individually, yes. So anyway, those, weird those four Autobots have somehow been repaired to functionality very quickly. I guess Ratchet's just uh, yeah, off like screen or something. Yeah, Ratchet, Wheeljack just show up. They and had hoist. That's true. Hoist does maintenance. Yeah. I, yeah and, I uh, and they say, hey, Optimus, why don't you have a rest on our bodies as we make a chair? And Prime's all, uh, no, that's, uh, that's okay, <laughs> really. No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he really says, you know, uh, you know, thrones are for Decepticons. I'd rather roll. Yeah, but it's clear that he's like, eh, this is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I. I do, why do you guys want me to sit on your face? Is is this a new fetish you got? Must it's not one of those make nineties tracks jokes. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, that is Triple Takeover. This episode is a hoot from start to finish. There are a lot of extremely stupid episodes in uh, Season 2. This is one of the stupidest, but one of the funniest. It, yeah, it's just, I mean, like you said before, it's so freaking quotable. Yes. It is. Just, like, it's got so many good lines in it. Like, Starscream calls, Megatron is a wimp, but Devastator, so is Starscream. But Starscream's, yes, but I'm faster. <laughs> it flies away, tries to fly away. Yes. It, it's uh. delightful. It, it is the reason why. Well, other than this being called Triple Takeover for episode three hundred, yes, and just being about like the the triple changes, which don't get much to do most of the time. It's like I remembered lines from this episode. Like I've forgotten a lot of G one. Yeah, but yeah. this stupid thing stuck in my memory. This this was suggested, and I was just like slamming the yes button. Like, <laughs> actually, this is a super fun episode, and we should definitely watch it. Yes, it's got skids in the year of skids. <laughs> kind of. This is the I, year of how, skids. How the fuck are we getting two new skids toys? And skids toys they don't really look that great. To, well, they they do look more like the the old mini van thingy. It's not like a the minivan. Got, which, it's not okay, a van. Really. Have you seen a picture of one with like a yes, person I've seen it. They're, they're freaking. They're smaller than a subcompact car. Yes, it's tiny. It's Bob Budiansky like, was apparently convinced that he was a van. It's just like how 2013 was the year of Luigi. Exactly. And 2014 was 2014 also and the year of Luigi. Yeah, he had two years in a row. Oh, the two years of Luigi. <laughs> Why I don't know. Every year is the year of Luigi, actually. Never the year of Wild Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't had his own game. Everybody else has. Well, because nobody cares huh? about Waluigi. Well, wa- he's a joke. That's kind of the point. 
We care about it because he's a meme. <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, it, it's a great little episode of stupidness. We, we got to wander back to G1 because we're not doing all of G1. No, but we'll do bits and pieces. One at a time. Anyway. Yes. I need it's, to, it's always fun to come back to. I've been meaning, and I've got like five different shows that I'm in the middle of, and I just, when I come home from work, I do a vibe check and see where I'm feeling in this like elaborate diagram of like dark versus light versus mature versus kids versus, I've been, uh, so this will probably be posted after it goes live, uh, but I have been watching a friend's preview of BotBots. Ooh. Uh, which is super charming. Probably coming to this uh, show in like ten years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's short, uh, so definitely it's not like something that's, that's as long, it's- but... Is it like on the level of rescue bots? I would say it's about the age of re- of uh, of robots in disguise. Oh, okay. It's definitely a little oh. older than than rescue bots. Like there's cool. a bunch of humor that expects you to understand things like memes. Oh. Uh, well, the, the kids get memes, and, and I remember Looney Tunes from my kid, which I had jokes that went over my head. Because well, well, they, they were all get about, memes like, more when they're the like 30s. eight yeah. to twelve versus like five to eight. So, yeah, I would, I mean, it's definitely comedy, but I think it's a little older than a lot of people thought it was going to be, uh, and so maybe when I run out of that, I'll go back to, to watching, because I definitely, because I was looking at the, uh, you know, the episode list for this writer, and I was like, which one was Blaster Blues again? Uh, so I have unfortunately fallen a long way. From being able to turn on my little handheld TV to the episode of G- of Generation 2 airing, uh, here Starscream say, it's a pity none of us speak ancient Autobots, and say, okay, it's Cosmic Rust today, put away the phone. <laughs> put away the, the TV. Uh, so yes, I, I have unfortunately atrophied a great deal in my knowledge of the old cartoon, and I need to, to do something about that. Okay. But I also remembered a lot of really great lines from this one because it's just got so many great lines. Bot pots. Alright, so I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu. Uh, oh no, are we not doing that? This no, okay then. It's, it's not a regular episode, plus we're already like 50 minutes in. Okay. <laughs> we can skip it. Okay then. You can cut that out. a lot of talking about G1 to do. Yes. I, I will have yeah. to think about like. Because, like I said, we're always threatening to do Five Faces of Darkness, uh, but there are definitely other, like, epi- individual episodes that are not that much of a time sink that, you know, would, would make for fun episodes. So I'll have to think on that. Hmm. Auto Berserk. I just like Auto Berserk. <laughs> it's super gay. Not as gay as the Master Builders. That one's even gayer. All right. So we will be back next week with uh, a an episode of Superhuman Samurai Cyberpod. Yes, it's the beginning of the month again, yes. and we're back on schedule. Okay. That is stay for the rest of the year. That is well, how the rest time of the three and episodes. calendars work. 
Uh, but until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconaunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconaunderground. Uh, for March, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home finally went streaming. Yes. So we are, we've posted that episode for our March episode. Uh, we recorded it back, uh, after we saw it in the theater. Uh, but of course, as has been our COVID policy, uh, we are not posting anything until it's available on streaming just so we don't feel like we're encouraging anybody to go that do things that they might not feel safe doing. Which yes. has created a few continuity errors in in that episode. Like, we thought Morbius was going to be coming out before April 1st. Yes, well. <laughs> April April an episode of Day. But, uh, but I, prepare yourself for I'm still convinced, like, th- that's an April Fool's joke on Jared Leto. It has to be. <laughs> it can't be a real movie. Can it? <sighs> We're about but, to find yeah. out. Of course, we're not actually going to watch it for the Patreon, but we are going to do a very special episode of the Patreon featuring the living vampire himself. Yes. For the month of April, we will be going back to the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, we, we have which... never done that on the show before, and I'm very excited. <laughs> yes. that was, that... We, we could always go back to the, the uh, Spider-Man is Amazing Friends episode a series where they had a spider episode, which wasn't Morbius. No, they... It was even weirder. I don't know if you could do vampires on TV in the 80s. Well, I mean, if you did, it would be like uh, that Spider-Woman episode we saw where Dracula shoots beams at people to turn them into vampires. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, man. Yeah, it was... Uh, and though uh, maybe next time there's any... If if there are ever any exciting X developments in anything, uh, we yeah, might have to because Rob, you said you got to that episode of X Men animated series with uh, with, <laughs> with all the Cajuns. Oh, I guarantee I did. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a movie that threatened to come out for so long, but never happened. Oh man, that Channing Tatum. We absolutely would have done that episode if that Channing Tatum Gavin movie had happened. Oh, yeah. that's sad. It was like ten years that was threatening. Oh that. yeah. I mean, basically from the point As, that he was in that Wolverine movie, they were saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to do a Gambit movie." Yeah, it's, that that is weird that that never happened. I mean, I can understand why, but it's just. I mean, I think the best time to do a Gambit movie would be to somehow do it in like 1995. Yes, yeah. if you could go back in time and do it, I, I, oh, you'd just make it a period piece. I, I mean, well, man, I'm going to, I'm going to project my mind back in time, much like Kitty Pride in <laughs> Days of Future Past, and I'm thinking Jean Claude Van Damme is Gambit, and yes. ooh, I don't know what. Are there any like babelicious '90s actor actresses who could do a Southern accent? All I'm thinking is Holly Hunter, and you can't have a rogue who's no. like two feet shorter than Gambit. No, uh-uh. they they would have had more of like I don't know. You'd have to have uh, like Denise Richards or something. Yeah, just yeah. attempt a Southern accent. I was thinking even worse than that. I was thinking uh, what's her name? Who was in Barb Wire? Oh, Pamela Anderson. Oh. Bill Anderson. Yeah, yeah I, know, I was thinking that too. Well, but. she's from Southern British Columbia. Oh, she. I thought she was from. I thought she was like. No, 
Well, oh no, she's Canadian. She's so Canadian. She was born on Canada Day. I mean, <laughs> she okay. would not be the first Canadian to play Rogue. This is true. In fact, she's so Canadian that she was born July 1st, 1967, Canada's centennial. Oh, man. Ooh. That's, that's she, pretty Canadian. She should run for political office. <laughs> well, we have already had one person who played Rogue uh, in political office in this country. Yes. And who knows, we're pro- they're probably still trying to recruit Anna Paquin. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Wait, is she Canadian, too? Yes. Okay, so Rogue has only ever been played by Canadians? I think... Well, except for in, like, uh, X-Men Evolution. No, X-Men Evolution, he was also Canadian, because that show was recorded in Vancouver. Yes! (laughs) Oh my god, what? (laughs) I think her voice actress in that uh, Wolverine and the X-Men show is not Canadian. Okay, that... Making her the first ever non-Canadian... To wow, play Rogue. That is bizarre. Anyway, I am uh, I am kind of looking forward to it uh, a bit, watching some 90s Spider-Man, because it occasionally pops up uh, during the uh, unspoken Marvel versus Capcom block on Toonami Aftermath. Uh, and they did get to an episode that had Morbius and very, uh, very big Tommy Wiseau. Energy. I think that episode had Blade too. I don't know if the episode we're going to watch had Blade. No, he's. There's an episode that has Morbius in it. That's just Morbius and Spider-Man. Then there's a second one that has the Punisher. Oh. And then he's in a subsequent two-parter a couple episodes later that does have Blade. Yeah, it was. It was part of the Christopher Stoverson character from Blade. Yeah. Uh, played by yeah. Malcolm McDowell, I think. Ooh, ooh. Oh, ooh. he was doing a lot of uh, a lot of cartoons at the yeah. time. Yeah, and uh, and the Punisher like, inexplicably thick Chicago accent in that cartoon. Well, you need to sure. get some kind of accent, Chicago, sure. sure. I mean, I don't know, New York, New Jersey, where the Punisher well, that, is. Well, that's the usually pun- from. Like everybody else from. has a New York accent. I mean, nobody on that show really has a well, New York really. accent, even though everybody's from New York. But the Punisher—I mean, the Punisher is not only Italian; he's like, is not only like from New York. He's like Italian American New York. You would think he should yeah. have a sick, thick Jersey accent. Well, yeah. Instead, it's all oh, I'm, I got to get back to my battle van. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like Dennis Farina played the Punisher. Uh. That got, that gotta show get, made some decisions. Gotta get back to my battle van for some deep dish pizza. <laughs> gotta get back uh, back to base before the Blackhawks game comes on. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So, so that is our episode. We'll be back next week with uh, some SSSS Dynazine on. And until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm going for the long bomb on David.